What's up, guys? Quick intro before I get into this sick interview with Frankie and Kyle from Versus Self. Uh, I'm super stoked on this interview. Versus Self is one of my favorite bands out right now, so I was extremely excited to get them on the pod. After you're done listening to this, I would highly recommend that you go and check out Max Chadron's skate part for Bughead. It's a quick watch, two minutes. Me and him put in a ton of effort to get this filmed. It's all, like, obscure cutty spots from outer Boston and Jamaica Plain. And yeah, I just... I, I would appreciate it if you went and put your eyes on it. I'll put a link in the description, or you can just go to the channel page. And uh, here's the interview. Welcome back again to the Bughead Podcast. I'm here with an extremely special guest, one that I'm very excited to have on. Versus Self, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks for asking. Thanks um, for having us. I think I should start this off with, like, I've been listening to you guys a lot. I'm a huge fan. I love Versus Self. Uh, you're one of my favorite bands in general out right now. Thank you. All right. So I have a bunch of questions written down. I came prepared for this, hopefully. Uh, so I guess I'll just start right at the top of it. Do you guys remember what the uh, what the first DIY show you went to, or first like kind of local music scene show you went to? What kind of music was being played, and maybe even what bands were there specifically? Um, for me, it would have been like my brother's band, um, which <clears throat> I think. I'm trying to remember which one of my brother's bands was first. Maybe Seventh Crown. They were in some like uh I don't know, it's kind of like Christian alternative rock, I think. Uh um, so it probably would have been them. I know they were playing a lot with Lorraine Drive at the time, who I think people know about. Um so it was probably one of those. And I would have been like in third grade or something. <laughs> Do you remember what kind of venue that was at? I honestly don't. I remember them trying to get me to stage dive or crowd surf, and I like I was too shy and scared, so I didn't do that. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Frankie, uh, what was yours, if you remember? Um, my first like DIY show in our local area was um, I think it was the bill was this band Good Grief. Vista Jet. I can't remember the other bands. There was like a few bands that would play like every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so me and a few buddies would go over there on like Fridays and Saturdays in like local backyards and whatnot. Um, I was probably like a freshman in high school. Um, there was like when the indie alternative scene was peaking. Um, yeah, that's that was uh, mainly from the area I'm from is what was being played a lot. Do you remember what, like, the, uh, if there was a show or something or, like, a release that made you realize you wanted to play in bands? Um, yeah. Pro for me, it was probably Blink 182 was, like, the first yeah. band that I really got into. Uh, the first album that I would have got into was Enema of the State. Um, That's sick. Yeah, and I used to like. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into this. Yeah, never mind. That, I was about to go into embarrassing <laughs> stories of like singing along to those songs and stuff in my room. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like pretty much idolized that band. And uh, also in third grade, I went and saw my first like not DIY concert, and it was them. Um, and it was like ap shortly after they released "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." So yeah, that was like my first show and that was definitely, I think that's around the same time I started like actually taking playing guitar kind of seriously instead of just like kind of banging around on the strings. Because um, yeah, my, my dad played guitar, my brothers played guitar, so I, there was always guitars around and I think I had some like little first act, like very small acoustic guitar. So I think it was around that time that I got like a, a Squire 
Stratocaster and actually started trying to like learn how to play. All right, that's sick. Frankie? It's kind of funny because it's like pretty much the same as Kyle. I remember the first band I remember listening to as a kid was uh, Blink as well. Um, I think it was either Buddha or uh, Cheshire Cat was like one of the first records I really enjoyed. Carousel and like M&M's, but I think what like I really enjoyed, like what I really like thought to be something I always wanted to be in a band was like uh, this band Joy Division, or the band Joy Division. Um, there's like this movie about them called Control. I remember watching that as a kid, and it was kind of like the first movie where I saw people playing instruments in. And um, I really liked how their drummer played drums. They had like not a humongous kit, but it looked abnormal because they used like drum pads for the like techno kind of sounds. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I pretty much remember just like. Uh, I feel like as a kid, you for some reason always like tap, you know what I mean? Like your hands and stuff around. I never feel like that was my calling for drums. I think I um, I had a really good friend in elementary school who was a kid. Like, I always would want to go like, to his house to play. So I ended up just asking my dad for one for like my eighth birthday. And yeah, I pretty much just kept with it. And uh, I'm very grateful that I did because I get to experience a lot of fun things now. During what the first show, project, band, etc., that uh, got you specifically into screamo and uh, emo music was? Um, as as far as like shows, there was none. Um, oh God! Yeah, there was. I there was like no screamo going on when I was younger, or at not not even really emo that I can think of. I remember in your uh not just a phase interview you were saying there was a lot of like grindcore bands that you'd go and see play yeah yeah like uh there was a lot of ska and uh punk and grindcore uh and like crust mm-hmm. um but i mean with that there was like some power violence and stuff i was definitely like very into power violence um and i think i was like looking for power violence bands online on blog spots and I came across some like emo violence stuff and like Seisha and uh, stuff like that. Um, Orchid, Combat Wounded Veteran was like a huge one to bridge that gap for me um, of being like, wait, like, cause I had obviously heard like Hawthorne Heights and stuff like that on MTV and never really got into that or liked any, any of that stuff. Um, I mean, I liked some of, like, the more popular emo, like, the used and stuff. If you could, I mean, a, a lot of people, like, you know, probably uh, have different uh, perspectives on whether that's even emo or not. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like, the real stuff, it was definitely, like, bands like Seisha and Combat Wounded Veteran where I was like, wait, there can be emo that sounds like this? Like, I don't know, it just sounded like power violence and stuff um and then as far as like on the softer side um my friend richie let me borrow some records which was um the world is a beautiful place uh their first ep um uh algernon codwallader um some kind of codwallader and then uh cap and jazz an an alphabet of whatever uh what is it it's like an an alphabet (laughs) their discography thing um and then uh american football the the lp so i those like i got introduced to all those oh and pianos become the teeth he like had all that stuff on vinyl and let me borrow it and i was just like as soon as i heard it i remember just instantly being like this is so good like especially like i had favorites off of everything like gordon paul from the world is was like i instantly connected with that song um and then honestly from american football like instant instant like favorites and just like you know like some of those parts were just in my head and i was just like how are they even doing that like i need to kind of figure out which I never did. I never like really learned how to play any of that stuff, but 
I mean, you can definitely hear the the American inf- uh, American football influence in Versus Self and the rest of the bands you named off. You were just rattling off classics. Those <laughs> are all great. Yeah. Um, around when did, like, Scrams and Screamo start entering the SoCal scene around you guys? When I, I think, first um, remember it, there you go, Frankie. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Kyle and Versus Self has been around a little bit longer than my other project called Numiers, but yep. that was like my um, first project that was uh, like melodic hardcore screamo. Um, again, what Kyle just pretty much said, there was really no bands besides Versus Self, but when we first started playing, um, we didn't really even know about them. We kind of were just doing our our um, little thing just from the music that we liked um as a group um and then i think like i mean it feels so like weird and like to say this but i think when <laughs> uh the marriage and versus self started playing frequently down here um in like the southern california and uh like inland empire and a little bit of la um it started taking off a lot more there were a few other bands like uh logger from LA. I mean, there's probably so many other ones. Oh, like Ghost Spirit and um, um, uh, Yeah, and Qu- Quiet Fear, correct? I I actually don't know if they were, like, basically, I, I'm, like, trying to think of, like, who is pre-pandemic because we started, yeah. we started playing shows a little bit before the pandemic but, like, we only We're during played... pandemic. Yeah. Numbers is, like, during pandemic, like, as we started writing a lot and then our first show was like the the first post pandemic break where like everyone thought it was chill but then like yeah. stuff kind of hit the fan again um yeah so that was like our first time playing a show it was in 2021 with versus self mm-hmm. and then um yeah uh, things just kind of like slowly start. It, dude it was slow i feel like it was slow at first because i mean I think about how even last year when we were playing in certain areas, even in our hometown, and also when we toured to um, Arizona and New Mexico and Texas, like, I mean, not being dramatic at all, I think there was a grand total of, like, 10 people in, in Phoenix, 10 people in New Mexico, and then, like, a little under, like, 100 people in Texas. But luckily there was already a poppin' band in Texas, our, our good friends Party Hats, so... That helped us with bringing in a, a cool little crowd for us. But um, saying that about Arizona being so low, we're playing a sold-out show in a few weeks. It just shows like that. And it's almost been exactly a year since we last went to uh, Arizona as a group. And it's pretty crazy how drastic things have changed. Um, kids knowing about us and whatnot. So, yeah, it's. I thought it was slow in the beginning. And I think um like some social media apps had something to do with like a big boost in the genre and also i think skateboarding um i was about to say yeah um yeah that's how i found out about pretty much just the nationwide the nationwide screamo comeback was through just seeing people's like independent skate videos and skate edits on instagram reels and tiktoks people just started using like you guys and catalyst and a lot of older uh scrams bands mm-hmm. yeah cooper winterson yeah cooper yeah oh, the, uh, cooper the, yeah the sexy mo videos from aspartame yeah and like even his um his old videos on instagram yep. he like was the first to use uh leave everything and that's what like really not quite versus stuff on the map but i think kind of helped um people like listen to them because cooper was already pretty known in like the skating uh like realm so yeah yeah i think when yeah. he would like push out videos it would kind of help push out local bands and i i think personally that was when i kind of first heard versus self without knowing it was versus stuff i just heard it and then i later on became friends with greg and kyle yeah because i i remember too because uh crux trucks like reposted oh, yeah. that cooper uh video and when i saw that i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it felt crazy to me because I do remember like my my brothers being really into skating and like watching skate videos and I would see you know uh music through that 
So it felt really crazy to be on one myself. And then speaking of that Arizona show, I just real quick wanted to shout out uh, Seahorse Choke and Cenobite, uh, Cenobite, uh, because Damn. I guess there Damn. was, <laughs> there, was uh, <laughs> there was members from both of those bands at that show, like before those bands were a thing. Um, hey, true, true, yeah. that's true. So, yeah, shout out to them. And Commiserate, I think those fools were there too. Yeah, um, Tommy from Commiserate actually set up that show for us, even though. Oh hell yeah! Hell even yeah. though Commiserate wasn't able to play, so that was cool too. Shout out Tommy! Shout out Commiserate! Uh, are either of you like currently involved in the skate world at all? Yeah, I I skate like not in like a like a I don't know how you would say like a a trying way. I kind of just enjoy skating, but I've met a lot of people that are like kind of known in the skating realm but i definitely think that like skating has a lot to do with uh like the uh the movement of like the screamo hardcore stuff right now because a lot of kids are using like their edits and their full like videos and cool and stuff which is rad like it was crazy to see that numbers was used in a real video. It was insane. Oh shit! Numbers was used in a real Some video. Kids I grew up with were uh, not grew up with. Yeah, dude, it was like That's crazy. Sick. Um, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was getting used for a real video. But the guy like um, who filmed it um, hit us up a few months back and was like, "Oh, would you sign this release form for the song and whatnot?" And yeah, it was pretty dope seeing like some fools I watched growing like. Like when I started skating growing up, like <laughs> just skating to a song that I'm playing bass on, it's fucking it's a trip. That must be like a surreal experience right there. It was dude, weird. Like it's definitely not a song that we play at all anymore. It's that one song fell that people like liked for some reason. <laughs> but um uh yeah, they, they used that one. It was it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. So what does a uh, what does a versus self live experience look like? What do your live shows bring to the table? A lot of uh, off and on on the power board or a pedal board. Yeah, like on and off power. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Sweat. It's, yeah, very 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 sweaty. Definitely. Um, I don't know. We I just try to be as high energy as possible. Um, without dying. <laughs> I'm very old now. Um, I don't know. It's it's funny because it's like there's there's it's either one of two things. It's either like a very small room, and everyone's super close and like uh, packed together, or it's like us on a stage. And you know, which I I prefer. I don't know. It's like I I have preferences for there there's like things that i like about each one so i like stage shows because it keeps people from like unplugging my pedals so much by stomping on them and stuff and then it makes it easier to play the parts without people like constantly bumping into me and stuff but then at the same time it's like i miss that <laughs> so like i don't know it's like i i feel like i feel I feel like even though the performances might be better if we're up on a stage and like have more space to do our thing, I feel like it's still usually a better show if it's like a smaller spot and we're just on the floor with everyone. It has more intimacy. It's more intimate and there's way more energy and like, I don't know. It's like, cause I can, some and some like most of the time I can like at least look out and see everyone, which is cool, and like I can kind of feed off of that energy and like give it back. But there, we've even played some places like uh, where the lights are completely blinding and I can't see anyone. <laughs> and that, dude, where where was that? Was that, that was, in Arizona? No, that the that show was um, in L.A. at that uh, restaurant. I forgot what it's called, but that was oh, uh, Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, so that yeah, shit was rough. That show, that show was super rough. It sucks because I swear every time, 
every like worst versus self show that comes to mind it's like that one and there's uh well there's a few but two of the worst ones up there for me as far as like how i feel like i did and stuff are that one and one that we played in whittier in a backyard i feel like performance wise those were like some of my worst performances and it's always with like the sickest lineups. And then I feel like, like we played with like Massanera and Quiet Fear in, in a Whittier backyard. And I feel like both of those bands are probably like, I don't understand why anyone likes Versus Self. They were so fucking whack live. Like, <laughs> and it's like, fuck, those are some sick ass bands. They probably like think we suck. And then same thing, like we played with Blind Girls and Roman Candle and, uh, ghost uh ghost spirit and it's like i mean in lagrimas was on both those shows but they've seen us like play good too because we've played with them a lot so but yeah i'm just like fuck these bands like probably think we suck so that's a bummer but sorry i have adhd so there's a lot of tangents probably gonna go on oh dude this. that that's perfectly fine so do i diagnosed uh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, any intention for some, uh, for some versus self East coast shows? Oh yeah. It's coming real soon. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. We just booked it. Yeah. September 1st through the 3rd, we're going to Providence, Rhode Island, Brooklyn, New York, and Philadelphia, uh, PA. No Boston show. Damn. Damn. You're leaving me out. I I might have to Uh, come down to that Providence show though. It's not that far away from me. That's what, when anyone who's asked about uh, Massachusetts at all, uh, we've I've been telling them go to the Rhode Island show. Yeah, because we Boston's we, like forty five minutes, right, from Providence. Oh yeah, no, it's it's not a long drive at all. Everything's super close oh, together sweet. over here. Yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. Right. Unfortunately, we just have like such a short window to be there. Yep. So yeah, we yeah. just picked three spots and we we're like, and then all also right. Providence is popping off right now. There's some fan- you got Catalyst from out there, just some amazing yeah. bands. Yeah, it's APB funny. is the homies. It's funny because we're. Uh, I feel like we're doing the same thing that every other band is doing right now within our scene. Is like, if you do an East Coast run, Providence or. Uh, um catalyst is like on the run with you so yeah we're taking like i was about to say we're taking catalyst on the but no catalyst is gonna take us (laughs) (laughs) yeah shout out to catalyst for real they uh they booked that whole run for us um yeah uh they they played at my house when they were out here and uh stayed for a few days and like were the coolest people ever them and bulletproof backpack and uh hot stuff productions i uh, uh from hot stuff we both uh they we were... both had you guys had that interview in hot stuff and i had that i had a little skate video in there i put my friend's part as a bughead promo in there oh okay That's so yeah, yeah, sick, yeah. Dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah little part i filmed um but yeah i i'll try and make it out to that show that sounds sick glad to hear you guys are coming over to the east coast yeah, it it needed to happen for sure. Oh, for sure. Do you have a uh, do you have a technique for screaming on tracks, or is it just throat rippage? Uh-oh. How how do you uh, yeah. maintain <laughs> a, a good scream? So, so my voice is very 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 temperamental in my old age. Um, it's actually a a big problem. <laughs> I, I've been trying to implement because I've never had any sort of technique at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to implement technique lately, um, like using proper breath support and using my diaphragm and stuff. But the second that I actually like start playing a show or whatever, it all just goes out the window because I'm just like in the moment. And yeah, um, like breathing is the last thing I'm thinking about. So yeah, um, I would say to anyone out there who's like trying to scream, cause I get asked every once in a while, like for technique and stuff. And my biggest piece of advice is to learn proper technique and practice it a lot, like to the point where it's second nature and that's just how you do things. 
because that way when you are in the heat of the moment and you are playing a show, you're just going to be doing that from the start and you're not going to fuck your voice up like mine. <laughs> I feel like the, the screamo scream is a lot harder to do without just like wrecking your shit than like a death metal growl or something like that. I The highs yeah, seem harder than the lows to not shred yourself on. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing, too. I think maybe, honestly, that's why my voice has been going out more recently than it used to, because I've always done more, like, lows. Like, I used to uh, do vocals in a death metal band, and then uh, in crust bands. In crust bands, I've always done, like, highs and lows, but probably more lows than anything, because I've always usually been, like, more of the, the background vocalist. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Technique is not big with me, unfortunately. Nah, dude. I mean, I don't. I don't really even scream for the the few projects or the project that I do screaming like it's very minimal and also i i try my best to use proper technique for my diaphragm and whatnot but um i did have a question kyle when you're doing them at the at the shows like the deep the like low ones is that like a joke or is it because you're in pain it's a (laughs) (laughs) it's a little it's a little it's it's a little of both (laughs) it's like because sometimes at the shows like not sometimes every show my voice goes and so i end up just kind of like uh talk yelling and there's like not much rasp even coming from my voice anymore so i feel like because the lower vocals are a little bit easier i'm like maybe i can just do those so like on parts that i want to be heavier and want to be screamed sometimes i'll just do lows instead hell yeah okay yeah i was just like wait i wonder if it was like freaking around or they're just in pain yeah it's a little of both i it's it's never usually <laughs> painful i like my voice okay. usually doesn't hurt it's just it just goes yeah. and i just can't yeah. do what i want to do with it anymore so uh what does the what does the process for making a versus self song look like from beginning to end it usually starts um it usually starts with me fucking around on guitar, um, finding something I like, and then like recording that in into my phone, and then like kind of just developing it, finding new parts that fit with it, um, and kind of like thinking what should come next and whatever, um, and then taking that to Frankie and then figuring out the drum parts or sometimes like like recently frankie sent me a song and was like can we do something like this like like at this song like something like structurally like this idea you know um and then yeah going from there and then lyrics are usually usually more of an afterthought of just like a lot of times it'll be like stuff that I have in my notes on my phone of stuff that I've thought of. Um, A lot of it comes when I'm like hiking or running is when I do a lot of my best, like clearest thinking. And I have a lot of like, I don't know, like epiphany type thoughts. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm more clear minded when I'm outside. Um, But yeah, so then I'll just see what kind of feels right in the song and what fits. What are you pulling from to write the lyrics? Just like real life experiences? Do you have any other non-music influences that go into the writing process? Or... Yeah, it's just usually just whatever I'm like feeling at the time or whatever I'm going through. Um, so yeah, there's uh, heavy themes of addiction um which was a huge struggle in my life uh 
I don't know. There's lots of like <laughs> uh, cheesy, like stereotypical emo, like uh, like breakup and relationship stuff. And then uh, I don't know. There's some like in the upcoming stuff. There's some more like uh, gender identity stuff. Um. Yeah, there's a lot about like distance and you know uh, being away from home because I used to travel for work and be alone a lot. So I feel like there's a lot of loneliness and isolation, uh, a lot of like depression. Yeah, just all stuff that I kind of like struggle with. Um, yeah, I mean. I've until recently I've always had more than just one band usually yeah. at a time. So I feel like a lot of my more like uh political thoughts and stuff like that has always been more in other bands. But I don't know. So yeah, versus self is all very personal stuff. I mean yeah, that fits with the uh with the genres. You were saying that you used to play in crust and grindcore bands and those tend to have pretty politically charged lyrics so it makes sense that your emo band would be the one that you get really personal and uh introspective on yeah do you have any uh do you have any recommendations for somebody who is wanting to start their first band or wanting to start making music any advice i would say just like just honestly just do it just um yeah, just do as much of it by yourself as you possibly can if you can't find other people. And then, I mean, go on fucking Craigslist. <laughs> go to shows, talk to people. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have songs kind of already kind, kind of written, do you have something that you could show people? And we're, we're at a time where everyone has something that you can record on like whether it's your phone or a laptop or a tablet or something like you can get your ideas down at least in like a way that's semi at least like listenable so just yeah do whatever you can um don't don't just like put it off and wait for the right moment because the right moment's probably not going to come and to w don't like if you don't already know a bunch of musicians, don't wait until you find musicians because that might not happen so easily. Like if Versus Self waited until we found, finally found a bassist, we would have never got started. <laughs> so. Frankie, you got any advice? Um, I mean, I think the harsh like reality, I think of starting music that for some people it's hard to like overcome um like in the beginning it's like gonna be like weird and awkward and kind of rough like it's it might even suck a little bit but it's only because you're um like getting used to the people you're um playing music with and figure out like how each person writes in their own different way and also like learning each other's chemistry so i mean don't let that be a roadblock and like over time you will get over that and songs will be developed a lot quicker and better um but yeah pretty much everything kyle just said i mean you just you have to do it and luckily for our generation um we do have a phone which is honestly an amazing microphone um which you could probably record a full demo on and it would sound better than even some stuff that was released like 20 years ago which is awesome but um yeah i think uh just just do it. Do it yourself. Don't rely on uh, other people to do things for you. And I think uh, if you really try, then nothing's impossible. I, I never thought I would be here, so it's pretty crazy to, to, to see some of the stuff I get to see going across the country and all that, so... And that that was just from you know me and a few friends just saying hey let's let's uh get together once a week and just play some songs you know so don't ever uh, think your dreams can't come true. 
That was corny. Nah, you cut that out. It. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut the emotional stuff out of the interview with the emo band. That's that kills the point. <laughs> I'm gonna like make some sort of motivational T-shirt or something or a sticker or something that says "Follow your dreams" in quotes, <laughs> and then Frankie. And then Frankie. It's yeah. That's perfect. Oh, that would you be really make that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get I'll get a I'll get a screen made. I'll start printing oh, those. We can split the profit. Oh, uh, it's so funny. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> I know you talked about this in the not just a phase interview, but do you guys have any hobbies outside of music? Pretty much what you funny you were just bringing it up. Uh, I do a lot of screen printing for the local bands down here. Um I just did some shirts. Uh, I have luckily now, or fortunately, doing shirts for uh, Versus Self now, um, Numb Years, Widow Dusk. I uh, just recently finished an order for. Who was it? I can't remember. Oh, One Way Mirror. Those are some thick homies right now, killing it. They just went to the East Coast, played with some amazing bands, released two splits in the last like month and a half with. Uh, our friends were Sarah and Burial Etiquette. Um, just did a little tour t-shirt for them. And then currently after this phone call, I'm going to do some shirts for this band, Containment. Uh, they're going on tour. They're like a little like power violence band from uh, Orange County. Uh, that's pretty much like my hobby. Um, like I don't know if I would consider record collecting a hobby because it kind of just burns a hole in my pocket. Uh, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, yeah, those are those are my two little I, things. Uh, I know a lot of people in bands who like do screen printing or just t-shirt printing on the side. Yeah, yeah, it, dude, I, it's awesome because I mean, I still. Oh, sorry, Kyle, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I it makes sense to me because it's it, it just comes out of necessity. Yeah. It's like something you have to learn how to do to make your own shirts. So it makes sense that a lot of people would be like, "Well, now I have this skill." And I enjoyed it. It was like, so just gonna keep I going like with a, that. Like a shitty heat press behind me to do, the, like bug head yeah. patches and merch and stuff. Oh heck yeah, so heck we had, yeah. Uh, we have some pre-orders open. Like it's just when you're inside uh, DIY scenes of any kind, not even just music. It feels like you gotta have at least one guy close to you who knows how to make a good T-shirt. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Yeah, I just. It just sucks too. I like try my best to um, be so fair with prices because, I mean, you look at so many other places that you could go to and just make single color T-shirts, and it's pretty absurd. It's like I saw some rates at the places, and it was like twenty T-shirts for a hundred dollars, which I think is like, yeah, it's insane, dude. And like, I get it. I could understand how that number is coming from just because they're using their machinery, but realistically. 20 t-shirts on those big ass presses are like it's like actually not even a half hour of work so i feel like people are just getting ripped off so i try my best to like work with everyone's budgets and i mean most of the time i'll even hook bands up so um yeah i just want people to like build profit you know what i mean get some money in their pocket so they can do whatever they want you know record put it back in merch uh, it's that community aspect that makes this all so special and like important yeah yeah it's everybody's got to work together to to do it themselves but like collectively as one scene yeah yeah actually speaking of that uh speaking of that hot stuff uh zine i heard uh six from morning do say do it together over do it yourself and i was like yeah "Yeah, that's 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 a better way to put it because it's like it's Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get where the phrasing came from but like very little gets done if you don't get your friends involved maybe do it yourselves yeah. i think honest i think do it yourself it was just it's it's more like yeah it's the royal yourself yeah like yeah it's just like don't wait for a label to come and put your stuff out just put your stuff out yourself but yourself meaning you know, your whole group type yeah. thing. Uh, so Kyle, what, what, uh, what hobbies do you have outside of music? Um, 
I mean, outside of playing music, my hobbies are recording music and mixing music oh, yeah. and <laughs> putting other people's music on tapes. Oh, yeah, you make tapes. You're uh, on a little label, right? Yeah. What's that called again? Yeah. Um, self-versed. And uh, Ironic. who have you I'm been making kidding. tapes for? Um, so I'm actually... I have a bunch of tapes. Yeah, as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to be um, stamping tapes for the Catalyst Dim so Split. Sick. Yeah, so I'm excited for that one. Um, uh, the next thing I'm going to work on is the Clay Birds Numb Ears Split. Hell yeah. Which I'm excited about. Um, that was like, honestly like that's my favorite claybird song and i know they're like really new they only have that in one ep but like that song was sick and then that's prop i don't know if that's my favorite numb Ears song now or not but that's like such a fucking good numb Ears song too so what's your, what's what is your other favorite numb Ears song you can't say wednesday exactly <laughs> that's why i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> So I don't know well, that that's that's like honestly like when you guys play that one it's super cool because like I you that's probably the only one that you still play that you did play at like the first show we ever played together isn't so, that like, insane dude I think about that all the time like that's yeah so gnarly that is our oldest song it's like it is now our currently yeah. favorite song so I, well, I, I think that's crazy yeah yeah and yesterday is the first that that opening riff of yesterday is the first thing i wrote after like coming up with that tuning that that whole album is in so i feel like it's always like the your first stuff everyone like latches on to but uh, that's so crazy <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that's why wednesday is for me is because it's like i don't know it's got like sentimental value <laughs> yeah no i see where you're coming from now that's that's rad. That's a cool answer. Do you, are you doing? Yeah, everyone else, everyone else who likes Wednesday, it's just because that's a popular song. But I have, I have a real. <laughs> I listen to yeah. Numb Ears on a different level than everyone else. Everyone else is on a poser. A... You've yeah. been listening to it longer <laughs> and better than everybody else, and they they need to know that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Are you uh, are you just doing tapes, or do you have any other kinds of physicals that you're making through the label? Yeah, um, I actually just worked with Larry Records and um, Oliver Glenn Records to put out uh, a Party Hats vinyl, which is super sick. Um, I actually too just got in the mail the like little cardboard slips that go into the mailers for those, so I'm about to package those probably tomorrow because i probably won't have time after doing the stamping but uh yeah uh yeah that we have two very two variants of that which both look so fucking sick like i'm so happy with it it was like it was so crazy to see um my little like self-versed logo on a vinyl so and it's uh party hats which is like some of my best friends who i mean some i mean distant friends for sure but like i talk to chris all the time like pretty much daily um and uh one of my favorite bands currently so it's pretty cool all right and then uh outside of all that what hobbies do you have outside of music um i i go through like different hobbies like that i'll be uh hyper focused on some of the only like enduring ones are running and hiking um and then other than that i go through phases whether it's like reading or playing video games or uh like there was a while where i was like obsessed with D D or uh comic books yeah you're, you're, so, you're naming just like know. other phases that i went through or go through like constantly yeah yeah where it's like oh that's all i want to do if i'm not like working on music is just one of I, those I, things 
and that's I all have, I can like, think about. I have like a handful that I just like every couple months I loop through, and it's like I'll have a month where I'm watching yeah. a movie every night, and then I'll have a month where I'm playing like one game all the way through. What are some uh, What are some bands, projects, etc., either in your scene or even outside of it that you think the podcast listeners should be up on and paying attention to? Um, I'm gonna plug. Well, never mind. Uh, yeah, cut this. <laughs> I was gonna plug another podcast. Go ahead um, if you want to. Okay, yeah. I mean, not just a phase is where I've been like hearing a lot of bands lately. I've been going through like the back catalog on that show. Um, I actually heard Burial Etiquette on there first. And then found out that One Way Mirror, who I like, who I've recorded, like I recorded their split with Versera. Um, and then found out that they're doing a split with them. Like after, like I think Burial Etiquette is one of the first bands who I haven't recorded, who like I reached out to, to be like, hey, do you guys want to work on something with like Self First Records or whatever? Like, I don't think I've ever reached out to a band before. So, um, yeah, I forgot what I'm even talking about. Uh, think just bands, projects, whatever that you think the, the podcast listeners here should be paying attention to. Um, anything that self-verse records. Yes, absolutely. Out. You should be buying all of them. Yeah. Like a quarter of your paycheck isn't dedicated to self-verse record products you're 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 a poser and you're a lamb yeah but there's just <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff um coming out of socal right now um uh yeah so just pay attention pay attention to socal yeah uh, i think i got a, a few new bands um kind of want to go through the ones that aren't popping right now um i think there's a local band, Othiel, from Pomona, California. That's really amazing. They just dropped a new single on Zegama Beach Records. Um, if you want to, if you like, uh, trying to like pinpoint what they kind of sound like. Um, I don't know. They definitely have their own sound. They're they're rad. Um, and then Brom, they're from the Bay. Uh, they also got an EP out on Zegama Beach. I think that came out either two years ago or last year um they're great and then some new her love beheads daisies came out which was awesome um uh coming soon i think in a few weeks this band grapes from florida is releasing a ep or an album they're amazing uh trans like all the um persons in the band are trans, which is really awesome to see. Um, and then Ulf from New York is rad. They're, uh, they're coming up right now. I'm trying to think of some other ones from around the area. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like the like smaller ones. Because you have like Versera Widow Dusk. All those big bands that are popping right now. Um, oh, Chris Sloan and Jonah from Party Hats are starting a little new, like, emo, violent sasscore band in Denton, Texas. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think my new, new project, my slowcore project, Elm, and this band Spiderling from uh, Oregon are going to be doing a little split soon, so that'll be cool if you're into Duster and Calm and I'll be keeping an eye that. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, Spiraling's really cool, so I think it'll be a cool little like a mysterious split because neither of the bands have I think anything out nor socials, so it'll be pretty cool to see how that goes. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm out of questions. So, like, any other any other shoutouts or anything else you want to say before the we wrap things up? If I forgot any bands, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this and at all going through your head that why didn't he shout my band? 
shout out your band. Um, yeah, that yeah. that shit happens to me all the fucking yeah. time. As Just soon like as it's blank. like, what bands do you want to shout out? I'm like, do bands exist? <laughs> I can't think of a single yeah, band right now. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Single person, <laughs> musical entities, just anything. I, I feel like this is a pressured question. Yeah. It's like you're gonna have a brain fart and forget your your best friend, and then they're gonna be texting you, pissed off the next day. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, to think of one right now. Seven basic plots from They're Providence sick. as well is a, a really great band. band. We, yeah, we were fortunate enough to play with them when uh, when Numbers went out there a few months ago. They're, those guys are so rad. Absolutely the nicest people. Um, so check them out. Um, there's one more I was thinking about. I think Bird Kid needs a little more love because that split was absolutely amazing. I think I think um, One Way Mirror definitely helped get their name out there a little bit more. But those those fools are rad. I really really enjoyed their side of the split. Yeah, yeah. That's <clears throat> I don't know. That band is like really exciting to me for whatever reason. Like when I first heard them, I was like, "This is sick!" Like, I don't know. Yeah, they're dope as shit. And then always hot stuff productions. Graham stuff made that whole video. Yeah, made that whole video pretty much by himself. He grinded that throughout the whole Catalyst trip, um, yeah. and even when he was back home. So that's that's really amazing. Yeah, it's so awesome to see those video zines. Those are like some of the most exciting shit coming out right now. Uh, yeah, it really subscribe, is subscribe to hot Absolutely stuff for sure yeah. if there's just Buy constantly there's constantly new like live sets from bands that you absolutely want to see so yeah all right uh i guess unless either of you have anything else you want to say not that i can think of yeah thank you for having us of course thank you for coming on i really appreciate it Thank you to everyone listening right now to the Bughead Podcast. I appreciate you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace out.